Guardian Unlimited. Hello and welcome to Islamophonic. Riyazat is off this week, so you've got me, Safraz Manzor, for the next two weeks. Now, with the political protest in Karachi making headlines this week, it seemed a good idea to take a good hard look at Pakistan this week. So, coming up, we've got The Guardian's Declan Walsh, and he's giving us the lowdown on the background to the protests in Karachi. Away from the fighting, we'll be hearing from a female documentary maker about how the young have their fun amidst the mullahs and the military. And bringing it all back home will be in Glasgow, which recently hosted the Pakistani Film Festival. And my guest for this week's show is Fifi Haroon. Hello, Fifi. Hi, Sofraz. Now, you are based in Britain, but you actually work for a Pakistani TV channel? I work for a Pakistani TV channel, Geo, which is the largest uh, satellite channel in Pakistan. What sort of coverage do you do? Is it mostly political news or current affairs or is it, is it all sorts? Well, uh, we have a news team here and uh, we have about four or five reporters and we report regularly on what happens here and uh, in the Asian community. And of course, we report on Pakistan as well, uh, from Pakistan and um, are on the forefront of whatever's happening there. So you must be quite concerned about what's going on over there. I'm very concerned about what's happening there, especially as I'm from Karachi. And we were all on, uh, we were on the phone to our families and just speaking to everybody and absolutely aghast at what's happening there. It must be quite a frightening time as well, but also quite a complicated one to try and report, I guess, as well. It's complicated to report because, of course, there's all kinds of parties involved. And um, I think in Pakistan, sometimes, even when we do have freedom of the press, we sort of censor ourselves. Um, because uh, it, to an extent, everybody knows who's doing what, but you don't always say it that openly. Well, you say everybody knows who's doing what. A lot of the things that people do know is that there's been rioting and there's been protesting in Pakistan. And if you've been reading the papers, you probably know that it's been politically motivated. So I spoke to Declan Walsh, who is The Guardian's reporter in Pakistan, to find out some of the underlying reasons for what's going on. The Chief Justice, who the President has been trying to fire effectively for the last two months, was uh, going to Karachi to hold a rally with his supporters and to speak to lawyers in front of the High Court. When he reached Karachi, however, the way from the airport to the centre of the city was blocked by buses and tankers and um, burning vehicles that had been placed across the road by the NQM, which is a political party that, in this instance at least, is uh, supporting President Musharraf, opened fire uh, apparently on uh, supporters of the other opposition parties um, and there was, there was huge violence on a scale that we haven't seen in Karachi in at least a, a decade. Um, and the city is basically under a, sort of a permanent curfew at the moment. All the shops have been closed. You're talking about how the protests are about the, uh, about the Chief Justice, but is this really a protest against Musharraf himself? And if so, how much, where, where could this all lead? That's right. The issue of the Chief Justice has, to some degree, become a sort of a lightning rod for more generalised discontent with President Musharraf. There's quite a lot of unhappiness with President Musharraf's uh, pro-American policy, um, and there's been a lot of violence in uh, Balochistan, where there's nationalist result, uh, revolt, um, and in the tribal areas, um, where there's been a uh, spread of what's known as Talibanization. In a way, Musharraf is, is a bit like Tony Blair in the sense that he's much more popular outside the country than he is inside, isn't he? And there's a strange contradiction that Musharraf seemed to be quite popular in America and perhaps in Britain as well, but he seems like a much more divisive figure in Pakistan. That's absolutely true. Some of the strongest support President Musharraf has had over the last years has been from President Bush um, because he's helped him to catch 
al-Qaeda suspects hiding out in uh, the tribal areas, uh, and also from uh, Tony Blair, because Pakistan has been uh, a key element in investigations into preventing uh, terrorism attacks, such as the Krebs trial that, uh, that, that we saw recently. However, here in Pakistan, it's a very different story. Most people, even within relatively liberal or moderate parts of society, are very uncomfortable with the uh, close alliance with the U.S. They think that this is a bad idea. And then there's also been um, a sort of a distortion of internal politics, if you like, that has justified President Musharraf's rule. You know, he has his own political party called PMLQ, which is sort of seen as the king's party, but it's not clear that it has an enormous amount of popular support or grand spell support. The main parties, particularly the PPP, its leader Benazir Bhutto is in exile abroad. So there's been sort of a stifling of of, uh, political expression domestically. And I think that what we're seeing with the Chief Justice is to some degree um, an uh, an expression of frustration with those uh, restrictions. I was in Pakistan a couple of weeks ago, as I mentioned, and I was really struck by the contradictions in the country where one at one time you have, you have MTV in Pakistan and at the same time you have barbershops being attacked by uh, the religious wing of, uh, of the country who believe that the cutting hair is un-Islamic. How significant is this, what you describe, Talibanization, this, this religious element in Pakistan, and is it growing? The, the Talibanization is, for the moment, uh, limited to the tribal areas. But it's spreading into what's known as the settled areas over the last five years, even though President Musharraf has been very pro-American. The the extremists, the the Islamist extremists, do seem to have a greater influence and a sort of a more prominent place in national politics, um, possibly, than, than they've ever had before. And in terms of being a journalist there, is it an easy place to be a journalist or is it somewhere where it's hard to get the story, get to the contacts and, uh, and also in terms of your own personal safety? Well, when you say as a journalist, it really just depends who you are. Um, I think for foreign journalists, it's obviously a complicated place to work in and the government places restrictions on us in terms of where we can go. Foreign journalists may not, for instance, go to the tribal areas. On the other hand, Pakistanis are incredibly warm and welcoming people, and it's actually not that difficult to find out quite a lot just by sitting down and having a cup of tea with someone. I think where it's really difficult for journalists here is for local journalists. They're the ones who really come under pressure, and particularly at the moment in the television sector. Uh, There's been a sort of a huge television boom over the last three or four years that until very recently President Musharraf was holding up as a sign of what he calls enlightened moderation of his policy of, you know, opening up the society. But since the Chief Justice controversy has started, television stations have started coming under a lot of pressure from government bodies not to report extensively on the Chief Justice issue. And there have also been a number of assassinations of journalists over the last couple of years. It does seem that there are still some subjects and certain things that may directly threaten Uh, the power and the influence of people uh, in charge and journalists do come under a lot of pressure. Well, that was uh, Declan Walsh there in uh, Pakistan and uh, Fifi Haroon is uh, still with me here. Now, Fifi, you've been here for a couple of years now, but Mm -hmm. in terms of the experience that you had and the people you know who are journalists in Pakistan, does does that sound accurate, what he was just saying? Pakistan's a very dangerous place to be right now if you're a journalist. You've had police going in and attacking the Geo News offices. You've had, in the last few days in Karachi, you've had armed gunmen going in and shooting at the Arj TV offices. It's a dangerous place to be, and uh, you do get threats. I've, I've known journalists who've had, like, um, a cut hand thrown into her, uh, into her backyard once, you know, when she was a editing. A human hand? A human hand, yes. But what's interesting well. is you've got that, but then you've also got MTV Pakistan. 
You've got MTV Pakistan, you've got Arg TV Pakistan, you've got a lot of young channels which have also come up. Um, the kind of picture that people have here of Pakistan is, is, is fairly restricted, I would say. It's, uh, it's, it's an image that, you know, people think everybody goes to madrasas and people think that everybody wears the hijab and everybody has a beard. Actually, it's out here that everybody has a beard and everybody wears the hijab. It's not back home in Pakistan. It's not that way. It's quite interesting. When I was there, I went to a dinner party and uh, the mm. first thing everybody offered me was whiskey or beer, which I thought was quite weird. I was the only one who wasn't drinking in, around the table. Mm. And then they were all saying, oh, you know, all the British, all the Pakistanis who left Pakistan to come to Britain, they're, they're, they're much more backward than we are. We're much more liberal. We're much more moderate. Well, you have to realize that nearly everybody who emigrated to Pakistan in the, in the 60s and 70s and that kind of time, um, or even, even in the 50s, um, were all primarily from one area, which is a rural area, and it doesn't really have that kind of tradition of education or uh, whiskey drinking, I suppose, you know, that you may find in, in the more urbanized areas of Pakistan. It's just quite interesting that actually some of the British Pakistanis are now in their own way perhaps more traditional than the Pakistanis in Karachi or Islamabad? Well, that is the nature of immigrant communities. You tend to sort of band together and you try to keep out what is uh, what is on the outside. Um, and you try to remain pure. And you, you live in a time warp, really, because you remember what you came with. And that's the kind of Pakistan that you know. Pakistan, on the other hand, has sort of moved on. Well, talking of uh, moving on, I spoke to Alia Saludin, and uh, she's a documentary filmmaker who's based in Karachi. And the ideas that the actual plan when I was going to talk to her was exactly what you were talking about, Fifi, the idea of finding out about the other side of Pakistan that we don't normally hear about. But seeing as she was based in Karachi, I had to start by asking her how she had been affected by the troubles in the city. It's totally affecting my life, definitely, because I had shoots lined up and I can't do them. My driver couldn't come home, so he can't find buses, there's no public transport. We're not leaving the house at all, we're all locked in. So there's nobody on the streets? Hardly. It's almost like a graveyard outside. There is a great sense of despair and depression. And is there a sense that this is just going to carry on? Yeah, I think it's going to carry on because I feel like suddenly we've realised how many people are armed and how many people have weapons and how thrilling it must be for them to display them so openly and get away with it. So I think that if for nothing else, just for the thrill of it, it's going to continue. So there's a general air of lawlessness, basically. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, Saturday was a very, very depressing day for all of us. It was very frustrating. And uh, I remember, like, when we were watching television and we saw the art TV offices being attacked and everybody could see people carrying guns and no police or rangers doing anything about it. You couldn't see anyone there. We were calling up 1-5, which is a police helpline, and calling up the IG or the DIG, who never picked up their phones, because we just felt like you had to do something. It was almost like watching people die. I mean, just moving on from just the, the, the present troubles and just talking about Pakistan more generally, we hear quite a lot about certain sides of Pakistan. We hear about the mullahs and we hear about the military. But in terms of the people who are perhaps slightly more liberal, perhaps slightly more um, comfortable in terms of their finances, how do they have a good time? Is it, is it all done within a domestic realm or are there places that you can go in terms of clubs or, 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 or posh places to go in terms of socialising? Uh, many posh places. I mean, there are places to eat, so people just eat. And then there are some places where you're allowed to take liquor, so you take a bottle of wine. And there are not clubs uh, here, but you have balls and you have private parties and parties at the beach. But every place 
has security outside so that the guards are taking care of people inside who are doing something that they're supposedly not supposed to do. And, yeah, it is mostly, therefore, in the domestic realm that way because it's not open to public entry. And you go to other people's houses and you do what you want to do. You escape from reality. And uh, it makes it more sane. People think about Pakistan perhaps as quite a religious country and maybe quite a pious country. And you've lived in Britain as well. I mean, how, how accurate do you think that representation of Pakistan is in terms of certain parts of society? Are there, would you describe it as, is it at moments, can it be as decadent as, as Western society? I do feel that the religious trend is increasing, but more of it, I feel, is directed against women in the country. And uh, I have been dealing with a lot of women who have to face such opposition, religious opposition, which has nothing to do with religion itself, but the way they want to really live their lives. I mean, I know people who are uh, now talking a different language suddenly. In what sense? Uh, They've started covering their heads. They've started using more Arabic terms in their language. I think a lot of it has to do with despondency and a lot of it has to do with uh, the pessimism that the political and the social situation of this country offers because you have to credit it to something and you have to credit your hope to something as well. And I think that's where God comes in. The the people in Pakistan who I say just don't have, they're not stakeholders in society because they, they don't do much in society. They don't contribute much in society. And I feel that that's an open invitation to uh, a greater sense of belief and purpose and value to your existence, which religion offers. As a woman yourself and as a, as a filmmaker, are you quite optimistic about, about Pakistan or do you think it's going, it's going down a darker road? Oh, I'm not optimistic at all. <laughs> Far from that, especially as a woman. And then secondly, as a Pakistani, because I see two extremes growing in Pakistan, I see this whole one extreme of people who have adopted the liberal lifestyle, if not political values, and another extreme which is absolutely, uh, you know, fundamentalist Islam. And I feel that they're just not going to meet anywhere. And if this nation has to get anywhere, and if I have to be a part of it, then all of us will have to compromise somewhere and meet in the middle. And I see no hope of that happening at all. Well, that was uh, Aliyah Saludin there with a thoroughly downbeat conclusion there. And uh, Fifi, Aliyah seemed to be saying that there's a, there's a growing disparity there between the religious element and then the people who want to try and be a bit more liberal. And she doesn't see any roots of compromise. That sounded like quite, like I said, quite a downbeat conclusion. Are you, how optimistic are you about Pakistan? I think because we're talking uh, right now, right after what's happened in Pakistan, in Karachi, I think we're all a bit despondent. Um, it's very strange to see your city burning. It's very strange to to see roads that you walk down uh, or, or or somewhere in front of your house to see um, people dead on the streets. There, it's it's very painful. And um, I think there was you know there was hope for at, at some point. I think when Musharraf first came, ironically, I mean he uh, being a military dictator, we're used to those. Um, but there was there was a general air of of optimism, which there always is uh, in Pakistan when you get a new leader, and then with, there's a there's a there's a there's a time of disillusionment as well after that, and that's what's happening with Musharraf right now. He seems to be making all the right all the wrong moves right now. Um, he just keeps on, you know, people are getting, if you, if you go and look on web forums right now and you, the Karachi blog and places like that, that's where you get a real idea of how, how disillusioned people are with the present government. And this was not about a year ago. This was not the case. This is not the case at all. 
a lot of the people I spoke to when I was there, they all, they all said that if they could, they'd be if they had children, they would ask their children to leave and and go somewhere else because they didn't think that their future was necessarily going to be particularly good in Pakistan. And they specifically said that, as as Alia did, about about women as well. I mean, is that one of the reasons why you prefer, for example, living in in Britain compared to Pakistan in terms of as a woman? Do you find that the it was too restrictive for you to be doing the things you wanted to do? Um, as a woman, there have been better times and there have been worse times. But I think that within one of the things that has happened in the Musharraf era is that we have had a fair amount of freedom of media. We have had a lot more freedom of movement, which was not necessarily the case under Nawaz Sharif, for example, even un, even under Benazir Bhutto for the longest time. So a lot of people were quite positive about about the changes that he was bringing in. Um, but at the same time, you have in, in, in a country like Pakistan, you have women who are paraded naked on the streets. You know, I mean, that's one of the forms of judgment in certain cases that has been meted out by tribal, um, by tribal judiciaries. So you've got all kinds of extremes in Pakistan. I think that's what Alia was saying, is that um, Pakistan is a land of extremes right now. You've got people who are... You've got very strong feminist groups. You've got uh, you've got people who lead sort of what you, what we're talking about the decadent lifestyle. There's a lot of money in Pakistan right now, which wasn't there maybe 10, 15 years ago. And at the same time, you've got you've got the other extreme. You've got you can't play music in in parts of Pakistan, or you're not supposed to have public performances in parts of Pakistan. So it is. It, these are confusing times. But it's also interesting that there is actually a rich artistic tradition there as well. So you do have theatre and you do have art and you have sculptures, etc. And there isn't so much of that amongst British Pakistanis here. I found that very disappointing when I came here. I found that I didn't really have, I didn't have that much in common with Pakistanis here because we came from different areas or we, we didn't... Um, there's a whole tradition of Bhangra music here. Um, in Pakistan, people are listening to rock music. It's a completely different kind of music that we're listening to. Nobody listens to. Um, you listen to some Bhangra, but basically pop music uh, and rock music is, is what young people are listening to. Um, I've, I've, there isn't a tradition of, of, of writing, of education, of culture here. Or maybe there is, but I haven't really come across it amongst many Pakistanis. Well... If you haven't come across it, you could have done worse than to go to Glasgow, where the um, Pakistani Film Festival was happening a couple of days ago. And uh, the festival's aim, in fact, is to showcase the work of Pakistani documentary makers, filmmakers and artists, some of them based in Pakistan and some of them to be British Pakistanis. The organiser of the festival is Alina Mirza. And when I spoke to her, I began by asking her what prompted her to start the festival in the first place. I... I'm a first-generation Pakistani and I had lived in Pakistan, seen the urban art scene in the 70s and even in the decline of the arts in the 80s, there was a lot more happening and I wanted people to see some of that and experience that. This is the opening of Aisha Raphael's This England and uh, I'm just in the back of the cinema and it's about to start. In terms of trying to put together a program of documentaries and film and short films, uh, is there a lot of talent out there? I think there is definitely a lot of talent out there, and especially with the digital medium, it's become much more accessible. And a lot of younger people are making films about their own lives. The Pakistani film industry within Pakistan is uh, fledgling, and it's, it, it was at peak in the late 80s when nearly 90 films were made a year from Pakistan and then that's declined to now like 26 
films a year. But definitely over the last six years, there's been a huge revival, and certainly there is an organization which should be credited, the Kara International Film Festival. And that has given a profile, certainly in South Asia, and has built that. So we're just in a break between documentaries. I've just grabbed um, somebody who's here. What's your name? My name is Asif Iqbal. Asif. Okay, why are you here? What do you like about uh, the idea about going to a Pakistani film festival? When I, my wife told me that there is some festival about movies from Pakistan, um, it was natural for me to come over here and see what's going on. Do you think there's enough kind of coverage of um, arts and creative communities when it comes to the Pakistani community? No, I'm afraid not. I really feel that there is a real lack of creativity in this regard. Um, Alina, in terms of British Pakistanis here, are you finding that there is a greater desire and an increasing number of British Pakistanis who want to get into you know, the creative arts than there were before? I think the desire has always been there. It's been in terms of opportunities, family circumstances, and ideal Pakistani should be pursuing in terms of career. But certainly for Asian uh, or Pakistani families, there were these concerns that people want to be in secure professions, they want to see their children, doctors, accountants, uh, you know, and I'm also a trained doctor, so I think for me to make that leap and move into arts and films and festivals on a professional level was a huge change. So we've just had a, uh, a short film, in fact a couple of short films, and uh, in between the pause for uh, the next big documentary, uh, I'm going to grab another person to find out uh, what they're making of it. What's your name? Arif, Arif Zaman. Now you've come all the way from London for this, haven't you? Yeah, I flew up this morning and uh, it's been well worthwhile. Uh, I think this is the sort of stuff that it's worth coming up here for because we don't see enough of it in London. And what are your highlights so far? Explosions. I think it resonates with any um, Pakistani or Muslim that was in London during 7-7. That sense of um, being viewed as the outsider when you're carrying around a bag or you, know, you run through Victoria Station and you get looked on uh, as the outsider. And I think that's a reality which is a vivid reality for many people. Do you think there's an appetite for these sorts of films? I think part of the challenge for a festival like this is awareness and communication. You have to get the message out there. Alina, we're talking about this particular festival, but there's going to be another one as well, a more bigger scale one later on in the year, is that right? Definitely, we would love to have a bigger festival later on this year, and it is planned for autumn. The festival will be bigger in terms of the days of the film festival. This is a launch event, so we're having one day packed of film screenings. In the October one, what we're trying to also do is also have some screenings within community settings. Because we find that it's quite hard for us in a way in terms of how we are trying to get our audiences. We're trying to take all this to the mainstream audience, because I think that's where we need to have more impact and change and bring people on board. Saying that, we also need to bring our Asian community into these mainstream venues where they might not normally go to see these films. And these films, bearing in mind, are not the commercial Bollywood, Lollywood stuff. Most of them are independent. They might not have songs and dance as they would like to see as a, you know entertainment. So for us, it's like creating that audience. And we, we would like to now take these films in community centers where our communities can see them as well and say, OK, this is the work we are doing. That was Alina Mirza there talking about the uh, Pakistan Film Festival. And Fifi, what's interesting, I guess, about that is it's all very well making the stuff, but you've got to persuade people to actually watch it as well, don't you? Um, 
I think there is a need for that here. I think I, I wish it, the festival was being held in London as well or that it was traveling uh, because um, th- that is it. Culture isn't something that people associate with uh, with British Muslims, with British Pakistanis. We don't hear about the arts. We don't hear about music. And there's so much of it. There's so much of it. It should be brought here. Well, that's very, it's a very positive and optimistic uh, note there. Thanks very much there, Fifi Haroon. Thanks a lot to you as well for listening. I'm going to be back next week. And amongst other things, we'll have a behind-the-scenes look at Canada's hit Muslim sitcom, Little Mosque on the Prairie. But till then, from me and Francesca Panetta, who produced the programme, it's goodbye. Guardian Unlimited.